I'm Reverend J. Stuart Glover, and you are listening to Faith Talk. Today is Palm Sunday. Today marks the celebration of the triumphant entry of Jesus into the holy city of Jerusalem. So today we should not only remember this historical event, but we also celebrate how Jesus made a triumphant entry into our own lives. He gave us a new mind and a new heart. And we remember that God's Holy Spirit dwells within us. The Holy Spirit, the the third person of the triune Godhead, leads and guides us along our faith journey and, and empowers us to be a faithful and effective witness to God's mercy, justice, compassion, righteousness, and salvation. I'd like to start out by reading a portion of scripture that is traditionally read on Palm Sunday. It comes from the Gospel of John, the 12th chapter, verses 9 and 10. Hear the word of the Lord. Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. So the chief priest made plans to kill Lazarus as well, for on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. This is the word of the Lord this morning. Religion can be defined as one's belief in God and the expression of those belief through your practice. So then, religion is not only what we believe, but what we do in our religious practice. So it is my prayer today that we never allow our religious beliefs, practice, and or traditions to denigrate into something that is less than God something that fails to reflect the image of God in this world. And as we look at this text, there's something we can notice about the scary potential of the religious mind. For a subject I would like to use, don't allow your religion to kill your your witness. All right, so in in the portion of scripture that was read from the Gospel of John, the 12th chapter, we see the contrast between the different attitudes towards Christ. We see the religious leaders' rejection of Christ and their continuing plots to silence his voice by killing him and Lazarus. We also see the people who cried out Hosanna, which means save us. They were waving palm branches in celebration as Jesus made his triumphant entry into Jerusalem. So yes, we see the tension between the arrogant religious rejection of Christ and the profound humility of the poor and oppressed people 
as they welcomed Christ. So let us be reminded today that even in our own lives and in our ministry, we will experience the tension between rejecting and welcoming Christ. However, we, we must not allow our religion to kill our faithful and effective witness to the transformational power, the life-giving power of God through his son, Jesus. So the, the scripture said in, in verse 9, John 12, verse 9, Meanwhile, a large crowd of Jews found out that Jesus was there and came, not only because of him, but also to see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. This was about six days prior to the Passover celebration, and the Jews were coming from everywhere, gathering for the celebration of the Passover. Some literary biblical scholars suggest that Lazarus was now alive again for at least two months since Jesus called him from the grave. And Jesus was now at Lazarus's house sharing a meal. The news of all that Jesus was doing spread far and wide and people came from all over to see the miracles and hear his teachings. People heard that Jesus was at the house of Lazarus. So many decided to go to the house of Lazarus to see for themselves if what they heard was true. But in this text, the religious leaders who were hostile towards Jesus also came to see Jesus and Lazarus, who Jesus raised from the dead. They wanted to get a glimpse of this ex-corpse. They probably not only wanted to see Lazarus, but they most likely wanted to talk to him about his death and resurrection experience. Now, you remember that Lazarus was a friend of Jesus. He had died and was dead for four days by the time Jesus got to him. And there's one thing we don't talk about much, but there's an added significance relative to this fourth day. Jewish tradition, shortly after the time of Christ, teaches that the dead body is not truly and finally dead until the fourth day. According to the tradition, for three days, the soul returns to the grave thinking that it will return into the body. In other words, they believe that the, the soul hovers around the body for three days after death, hoping for re-entrance. But once the, the body starts to decompose and the corpse changes color. The soul knows that there is no going back and it departs once and for all. So Jesus shows up after the third day. And on the fourth day when Lazarus is surely dead, dead as a doornail, 
unequivocally deceased with no hope of return. And it is at this point of no return, of hopelessness, that he calls Lazarus from the tomb and commands Lazarus to come forth. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead and gave him life. He rescued Lazarus from the grips of death. Through this miracle, Jesus taught the power and the promise of the resurrection. And what was the response of the religious leaders to this great and miraculous demonstration of the resurrecting power of God? Well, verse 10 says that the chief priests made plans to kill Lazarus as well. For on account of him, many of the Jews were going over to Jesus and believing in him. Isn't it strange how the religious mind can actually work against the witness of God's power? Isn't it tragic that the failure of the religious mind can go so far as to kill in order to hide and suppress what God is doing and has done. Their wickedness knew no boundaries. They wanted to destroy the man who was a witness to God's saving power. They wanted to eliminate the testimony of the healing power and authority of Jesus. If they could silence the witness, they could stop the spread of the good news and stop people from following Jesus and stop the people from being set free. There are people today that want to kill, suppress, and silence your witness and quiet your testimony. I'm not making this up. For example, they don't want the God in you to show up when you step into the voting booth. They don't want your faithful witness showing up as you cast your vote. They know that your clinging to godly principles and values will affect how you vote and who you vote for. So, what do they do? They plot and scheme on how to kill the witness. They, they try to legally make it hard for you and take away your ability to vote. It's called voter suppression. It's really sad when people do things to take away from your effective witness. And here we have pointed the finger at others, but we should also be reminded that it is time for judgment to begin with God's household. It's even worse when we do it ourselves, when we allow our witness to become corrupted, compromised, and contaminated. And often we find many are self-appointed, theologically misguided, hard-hearted, greedy preachers at the core of the problem. Let us be reminded to not allow our religion to kill our witness. To paraphrase the words of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. 
They put it this way. Preachers have also been tempted by the enticing cult of conformity. They have been seduced by the success symbols of the world. They measure achievements by the size of the church. They have become showmen to please the whims of the people. They preach comforting sermons and avoid saying anything from the pulpit that might disturb the respectable view, respectable view of the comfortable members of our congregations. Dr. King asked the question, have we ministers of Jesus Christ sacrificed truth on the altar of self-interest? And, and like Pontius Pilate, did we surrender our convictions to the demands of the crowd? We need to recapture the gospel glow of the early Christians who were nonconformist in the truest sense of the word. They refused to shape their witness according to the mundane patterns of the world. Today, it seems like the world is impacting the church more than the church is impacting the world. But in our scripture this morning, as the evil religious minds were plotting to kill Jesus and to kill Lazarus, the Bible says, the next day, the great crowd that had come for the festival heard that Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. They took palm branches and went out to meet him shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the king of Israel. Jesus enters in a much unexpected way, not as a military power to overthrow the government, not with soldiers, chariots, and weapons purposed towards a violent overthrow. He came as king, yet clothed in humility and righteousness. We are also called to a posture of humility in opposition to self-pride. We are called to a, a greater reliance on God instead of self. As Christ enters our life, we are called to be liberated. Liberated from anything that tries to enslave us. Some of us are enslaved by the quest for material wealth and power, which will kill your effective witness. It was Dr. King who said gradually the church became so entrenched in wealth and prestige that they began to dilute the strong demands of the gospel and to conform to the ways of the world. And ever since, the church has been a weak and ineffectual trumpet making uncertain sounds. Some of us are, are enslaved by being so heavenly minded that we're no earthly good. Our effective witness is killed. 
We look to the heavens for our salvation and, and bury our heads in the sand with regard to the ungodly injustice in the world. The Reverend James Forbes put it this way. We know that we are called to awaken the conscience of the nations, to rekindle a passion for freedom, equality, and peace, to redirect the traffic of human affairs from the back alley of bigotry toward the grand concourse of courage and compassion. Praise God. So let's use this season to, the season of celebration to spark a new hope and stir up our passion for possibilities. Make, let us make compassion in the, in the spirit of sacrifice, the, the new benchmark of affluence of character. Strengthen us, God, to face reality and to withstand the rigors of tough times in the anticipation of a brighter side beyond the struggle. Inspire, empower, and sustain us until we reach the mountaintop and see that future for which our hearts yearn. When Jesus entered into your life, you also shouted hallelujah. When he entered your life, you also cried out hosanna, which means Lord, save us. You are tired, you were tired of living life on your own strength, and Jesus entered in as he promised he would. But now that you are saved, now that you are considered a child of God, don't let your religious practice get in the way of God's moving in your life. Don't become so busy in all things, in your secular activity and your church life. Don't become so busy that you close your ears to the voice of God. And now that you are saved, allow Jesus to continue to be present in your life. Don't let religious practice stop him at the door of your heart. Don't let your ministry work and business keep Jesus at a safe distance. As a religious leader, don't let your authority and organizational power work against the witness of Christ. And as a Christian believer, don't let your witness stop pointing to the presence, power, and justice of God. On this Palm Sunday, let us be reminded that Jesus came into the city on a beast of burden. He came on an animal that was used to carry the load. But this time, the beast of burden carried the one who bore the sin of the world upon himself. He didn't come into the city 
so that we would become a religious social club. He didn't come into the city so that we would ignore the suffering of everyone around us as we hope for our flight to heaven. He didn't come into the city for our religion, our religious practice to work against the moving of the Holy Spirit. We have entered into our high and holy days and God is calling us to revival. God is calling us to press on to represent him in our communities as a faithful witness should. Today, we also say, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. Now, you've been listening to Faith Talk, and I certainly thank you for being a part of our listening community. I would invite you to visit the website at Glover. And register as a guest on the show if you would like. You can contact me directly by email. You can leave a voicemail. Thank you, and God bless you.